you're tired of spending money on trail cameras you use as tools only to find out they're built like freaking toys or you've struggled with unreliable not so dependable cameras or experienced customer service that flat out disappointed you i've been there those problems literally birthed exodus eight years ago when they shipped their first camera exodus had a clear desire to not only build elite products that enabled you to set it and forget it all season long but also to back them like no other company was willing to with an unmatched level of customer service and support. See for yourself why Exodus has over 15,000 satisfied customers. They've quickly become known for their five-year no BS warranty, quality cameras, and best-in-class customer service. You heard that right. Exodus believes in their products so much, every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty that includes theft and accidental damage coverage. Each camera is checked for quality control standards before it leaves the warehouse. They wouldn't use it, you don't get it. Exodus is so confident you'll love your new Exodus camera. They're offering you, the listener of this show, 15% off your next order today. Just use code BTE. If you don't love it, get your money refunded in the first 30 days and just send her back. Exodus really has two excellent cell cam options for uh, all budgets, and they start at just $179 plus your 15% off there. You use the code BTE. They have competitive data plans that allows you to purchase a plan and use the data as you see fit. They want you to be in control. There's no annual commitment and no limit on how many cameras you can run on one plan. You can share cameras with friends, no charge, which makes the Exodus lineup a great option for hunting clubs and leases. There are no additional fees for HD photo requests. That's pretty nice. No additional fees for video uploads. And all cameras share data on a single data plan for easy management. See for yourself why so many have made the switch to Exodus and experienced Exodus difference. Use code BTE to get 15% off your next order today. Now let's talk about Osseo gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They develop a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo, which is pretty nice. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand. So visit asiogear.com get you some premium hunting clothing. Also, I want to talk about Hunting Beast gear makers of the beast stand and beast sticks in my opinion the best option for a mobile hunter that's looking to pound the public land or just hop around on your private land i don't hardly worry about permanent stands anymore on the uh, few pieces of private i do have i just use that beast stand and sticks and i got so good with putting it up uh, taking it up and down i really feel comfortable using it in any scenario whatsoever you haven't had the experience of getting your hands on a beast stand and trying it out for yourself go to beastgear.com get your pre-order in for the stand order you some sticks and become more deadly this deer season speaking of deadly gotta talk to you about stealth outdoors makers of stealth strips which is a great addition to any beast stand that you're going to buy or beast sticks it's, an addition. it's a great addition for all kinds of stuff i just put some on my bow the other day Stealth strips really are a, a product that any hunter, whether you're a weekend warrior, 
or a guy that hunts almost every day really needs to take advantage of. Stuff absolutely deadens your, your gear uh, to make it essentially uh, noise-free. If you haven't checked out Stealth Strips yet, stop buying all the other crappy alternatives like the hockey tape and any other stuff you're trying to use to silence your gear. Get the good stuff. Get Stealth Strips. Visit StealthOutdoors.com. Pick you up some Stealth Strips. All my partners are linked in the description below. Go check them out. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hope everybody's doing good tonight. You look in that little hole, man. There's a lot of people in there. I know. You see all kinds of people in there. I was going to tell you, Dan, if you, uh, I think if you put one more box of them Thunderbolt 22s on that shelf, that thing's going to collapse on that on top of you. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you were standing up, I was like, oh, crap. That thing's about ready to go. It falls down occasionally. <laughs> Is that a coyote call behind you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was trying to figure out what that was. Um. Anyway, have you used that thing very much? Yeah, a little bit. I killed a few with it. Not a lot. I don't get into it as much as some people. But yeah, you come around the yard, they die. It's tough to. Uh, that stuff's really fun. That night hunting coyotes, but you got to like, move around a lot because when when I would hunt them, like if you try to get the ones in the yard, once you fool them once, the rest of the pack ain't coming in. Yeah. And if you try it constantly, then you just educate them. So you have to back off for a while and, you know. Yep. I just don't have the, I mean, it's like, it, it feels like a little bit of a young man's game to me. Like a guy that can just stay out all night and coyote hunt and then go deer hunting the next day and, or just whatever. I don't know. I think I if I had a ball when I was a kid, I would have just been, just fell in love with that. I thought they were the coolest creatures when I was a kid. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway, what else been going on? I haven't really talked to you much. We haven't been on here for a while either. No, not a lot. Uh, I published my book. That's out. Yep. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's what we're going to mostly talk about tonight. But, Look how uh, thick it is. Big book. 170 pages or something like that? Yeah. This is the very first copy. See, not for sale. Yeah. Crap they put across it. This is the proof to make sure it was good. So what's the, what's it uh, what's the process of making your own book like that? Like how long did that take you to do? Um, I've been writing stories for years, as many people have seen on Facebook, and I took the very best ones and I collected them. Yeah, and, uh, put them in a book format. Um, so the process is you call Dan Junior. and you tell him put a book together. Use Amazon. <laughs> Actually, uh, the first one I did, Mario uh, put together for me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I never realized how much work it was because he was just like, oh, well, we'll just throw this together, put some stories in there. And it was his idea. He was the one who really pushed for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just thought it went together easy. When I tried doing it myself, like, holy crap, this is a lot of work. A lot more than I thought. It seems like it would be. I mean, I don't, I've never wrote a book before, so I don't know. But um... there, there's these crazy rules, like you got to spell things right and stuff. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they made me. They made me do a uh, about the author thing in there, and uh, I don't like writing about myself kind of thing. You know, I don't like uh, yeah. the bragging part. Um, it just feels weird. You know what I mean? Like, so I uh, 
made a mockery of it. They made me do it, so I had fun with it. So that's that's my favorite section is to bump the author. <laughs> so keep that in mind if you guys get the book. Uh, read when you read it. The Dan was making fun of. Were you making fun of yourself or just like exaggerating it? I just uh, uh, told a story about how I became a human. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I left the the link in the description of your book on Amazon, oh, cool. so everybody can go over there and check it out. Um, it's rocking. It's been selling like crazy. It's actually I know uh, at the top of the charts right now for hunting books. I know that's crazy. Right up there with Cameron Haynes's Endure. I think it's yeah. what that book's called. I'll have him beat by tomorrow. You watch. <laughs> thing is rocking. Yeah. He's now, number one. I'm number two, and I'm I'm number one on like uh, something else. What was it? Um, on the bestsellers list, honey. he's number one. But I'm like, forget what it is. But yeah. There's a couple lists. Is that that surprise you? Yeah, a little bit. I, I thought. It but would. then again, I just, I mean, you know what? There's not a lot of hunting books anymore. Yeah. True. You yeah, because I looking, noticed like the like the third one is like some gun book or something, isn't it? It seemed like yeah, or some yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know I saw that the uh the bestseller was like Cameron Haynes, you and then Steve Ranella had a bunch up there and those books have been out forever. Like the mm-hmm. even Cameron Haynes' book's been out for a long time now. So that's cool though. Hopefully, uh hopefully it stays up there for a long time for you. Yeah. Um Anyway, you ready for deer season yet? I am. In uh, a week, we'll be hunting. Yeah, you'll be hunting sooner than me. I'll be hunting, um, let's see, what is today? Thursday? I yeah, the 24th. Be, I'll be on my way on, to a hunting trip mm-hmm. a week from now. Actually, a That's week from now, I'll be glassing because the next day will be my hunt. You yep. will already have gone on a hunt and come back. By that time. Yes, I'll so we're going to have a lot of content coming up on our uh, yeah. YouTube page. We are going to be pumping it out. We uh, we I leave tomorrow morning for Tennessee, which is um, I'm like I'm not bummed I'm going hunting, but I'm really bummed about the weather. It's like forecasted to be a hundred pretty much all weekend. Yeah, I've been so swimming over here. Yeah, is it hot up th- hot, so hot up there too? So hot. Yeah. Today's supposed to be the last day of it, so hopefully we have a good weekend because I gotta get my crap together this yeah. weekend for next week. Yeah. It was like I think of the the heat index today was like 112 here. Horrible. I uh I went down by my house here on this little piece of public or piece of private I can hunt. And I was I put up a trail camera and I pretty much put it in the same place every year. And the farmer saw me down there and he drove his side by side down there. He's like you're out doing stuff in this heat. He goes, you're crazy. But it was, it was like nine 30. Wasn't really that hot yet, but, mm. um, sounds like by looking at the comments, everybody's hot right now. Yeah. Uh, this little room I'm, I'm in right now is just, a, it's a hot box. Oh, it's it's hot. <laughs> mine is too. <laughs> I don't have AC in this little, in my office. And then I always close the door. Uh, to the house, like to the main house, uh, for the show, just for noise purposes, and I may have to open it up here in a little bit. I, you can see I'm glistening a little bit already, so it's yeah. it's uh it's getting hot. We just had a storm blow through, and it didn't really cool it much at all. Yeah, yeah, 
my dad uh, the other day or yesterday, I guess it was. He has uh, some dog kennels out behind his house there, and he was spraying, just playing with the uh, in the water with the dogs, keeping them cool. I guess he said once he sprayed the roof and stuff of the dog kennels, it cooled down like 15 degrees underneath his uh, lean-to there just from spraying it. So everything was so hot. Uh, you think, uh, what do you think my Tennessee hunt's going to be like when it's going to be 101? I was going to ask you about that. I, I mean, how do you think that's going to affect your hunting? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not good. You're it's not, not like a good thing. Scouting, so it's affecting it. Yeah, you were yeah. going today, weren't you? I was thinking about but going I mean, today. You can't really walk around in a day like today. I mean, it's you no. glass out of your truck or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, I talked to a couple guys down there, and you know, they were they're saying it's not good. You know, it's not ideal, and it, the hot, the real hot stuff will close them down a little bit. But they said, you know hot to those deer is different than what we feel is hot. You know, they're, they're pretty used to that hot weather. Now this seems pretty excessive. About hot or on crack. I've killed a lot of deer in hot weather. Yeah. They don't move yep. around all day long and stuff, but they still move. You just got to yeah. hunt them where they are when they move, you know, mm -hmm. um, they still move pretty good. I mean, they're on summer patterns. They move pretty good at this time of year, hot or not. That's kind of what I was thinking too is, yeah, it's just gonna I mean, have to move. late afternoons are going to rock, but I think you'll actually even get some morning hunts that are okay because deer will adjust because the mornings will be cooler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll probably just want to get up and move because it's it's cool in the mornings. Yeah, they're going to want to get their stuff done before it gets hot out, you know? Yeah. That's what my Patrick, my buddy that I'm hunting with, he was like, sat, sat, Sunday may be our day. He's like, it's going to be like, the high of uh, like 95 instead of 101 or whatever. It's <laughs> like, like still hot. Yeah, right. I don't know if it's going to matter too much, but we do for the property we're planning on focusing on. We do have a perfect wind all weekend. It had to be uh, uh, surprisingly, we have north winds all weekend with that heat. So that's now, uh, how long are you hunting? I'll be there. Sunday night so it's Friday the season doesn't even open till Friday tomorrow and mm -hmm. then Friday Saturday Sunday and it's over and I'm coming home so it's a three day season and you're allowed how many bucks uh three I believe you use a gun you can use a rifle yep yeah you should pile them up get it out of your <laughs> system and then we can hold up for some really big stuff <laughs> I'm not going to be too awful picky um it's a nice deer in velvet. I'm gonna shoot it for sure. Yeah, because uh, it'd be nice to get a good buck down in velvet for sure. Yeah, because it's. I saw a bunch of people were telling me about this some sort of new spray that you spray on the antlers. The to, to, spray. Yeah, some spray stuff you spray on the antlers, and it uh, and it keeps the uh, velvet from rotting or something. Yeah, I've I've seen that. I think I've seen. I wonder if that's a scam that because I've seen it on commercials, but that ain't what uh, taxidermists have always told me. They always injected I think the with formaldehyde and stuff. From, yeah, formaldehyde. It. It almost um, looked like a scam. I saw the commercial. It may just be to preserve it long enough to get to the taxidermist or something. I don't know. There has to be some fine print there. Um, I was worried about that though, and uh, a lot of people said if you just get them in the freezer. They could, you know, they'll stay 
okay for a while uh, until you get him to the taxidermist. But we don't have taxidermist around here that does velvet deer. I have to, I'd have to get it mounted down there somewhere. Yeah, you might want to look um, at that before you go to under because you're gonna have to find take care of it. Yeah, I already have. I got, it I, I got it all figured out. We're uh, we're in the CWD zone too in Tennessee, so we got to follow some special rules anyway. But um, as far as transporting the deer and all that stuff, I'll have to get it taken care of down there, which isn't a big deal. Um, but I can't just throw it in the back of my truck and head up to Indiana, you know. Yeah. Um, what does CWD stand for? Cool wide deer or something? I yeah, that's the zone we're in. Cool, cool wide yeah. deer. I'm I'm super interested to go down there because I there's there's a few guys that are going to be um, kind of in camp there or whatever you want to call it not really a camp but in the area and we're going to meet up at night and stuff and um, just to see what their opinion is of the whole CWD situation in Tennessee. Yeah, there should be some um, cool conversations. Yeah, I know. I I have heard some guys say that when they got it on their farm, it did pretty well decimate some of the herds but you know I, I don't know um and then the 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 rules like they they didn't they don't seem like they're doing what wisconsin did like they're they're not as quite as extreme so you can kill three bucks but uh you can kill two like in the cwd zone you can kill three bucks then you can kill two everywhere else so it's not a too drastic of a change but i think they're doing the you can earn a buck tag too so if you like if you send in your buck that you shot for testing they'll give you another tag so you can like continually get buck tags all mm. year nice but you, but you have to test it yeah i just wonder how the hunting's gonna be you know i've never been in tennessee hunting wise um if they kill that many bucks if it's um gonna be hard to find bucks or i for what or people told me, no. There's a lot of deer there, they say. So hmm. I'm I'm gonna find out. They said the there's not a lack of deer there. Now they said the odds of seeing like a you know, something over one fifty is pretty slim. Um but honestly that's pretty slim everywhere to see something over one fifty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that they said like anything from like 110 to 130, you got a good chance of seeing something like that, maybe. Uh, which is cool with me. Anything in that range that's in velvet would actually be a nice deer. Yeah, look, it, it would be. It would be for sure. Especially 110 uh, inches. I mean, people don't think that's that big, but on an eight pointer, that ain't a bad frame. No. If it's really 110, I mean, you see what people call 110. Yeah. You know, 90 inches right. or whatever. But. Right. If it's really right. 110 or above, it ain't that bad of a buck. No, I mean in, in Michigan, 115 makes the books or their their book. Their I think it may be. Book. I think it may be lower than that. Is Let it? me look it up. I thought it was 115. Uh, it could be. I uh, certainly someone from Michigan's on here. I'll Google Michigan Pope and Young. Uh, I was no, it's, it's, it's uh, commemorative bucks is what Michigan's book is. Oh, okay. Pope and Young is uh, nationwide. You're right. Uh, 
There it is. Um, let me just look at the comments. Make sure someone hasn't answered this already. I don't see it. Yeah, me either. Ah, uh, anyway, let us know in the comment section. I can't find it. I can't find it. Yeah, it's a hundred in Michigan. Hundred inches. I thought it was. Oh, okay. Which that's, I mean, not to, not to bash the commemorative bucks of Michigan, but that's a pretty small for a book buck to put in the books, you know. I think so. Don't you, Dan? Yeah. But whatever. I mean, you can put all put them all in there if you want. For all I care, you the know. Next one to put in the books would probably be the state record because, and only because I think I can sell the rack for a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is a uh, Wisconsin's is standard. It is like one twenty five for Pope and Young. Yes, and it's the same as uh, as Pope, Pope and Young. Young. Yeah, they're identical. Yeah. See, I think in Indiana, Pope and Young's the same, but Boone and Crockett's one fifty. Score is so deceiving. I mean, uh, like uh, we were just laughing before the show about somebody giving me crap about uh, saying in a video how I shot a really nice buck and it was 140, and they're like, 140 is a dink. Yeah. That that particular 140 inch buck is an eight eight frame that is just a monster. Mm-hmm. And I've got I've got one that's a uh, 125 inch buck. It was 125 and two ace. That was one of my first you know early bucks. Then I actually had it scored. It just barely made Pope and Young, but that's because it had a brow tine on one side, no brow tine on the other, and it had uh, um, like five up or four up on the beam on the other side. So it was like uh, only six scorable points. So it scored as a six pointer, mm-hmm. which that buck was huge. Mm. So what's your yep. plans for? Uh, Tennessee. I mean, uh, how are you going at it? I'm sure you're studying maps. Are you looking at? Uh, yeah, we got. We have one private farm we can hunt. Um, it's a pretty decent sized farm. It's like hundred or uh, around four hundred acres, um, and it sounds like we can. Uh, you know, I haven't been on the farm. I've only looked at maps on it. But my buddies, Patrick's been on there, and he said there's a really good spot where we can actually glass fairly well. So I think like tomorrow night, we're probably going to set up and do some glassing and just kind of try to find a deer mo- moving. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that way we don't have to put any pressure on the farm at all um and plus i mean i could i could sneak up on one and shoot it with a rifle if i wanted to too you know um and supposedly the farmer planted a sunflower field on it and i didn't know this because we don't have very many sunflower fields but i guess deer love sunflowers this time of year yeah we got some down down here that they plant um mostly on the public land i don't know why they do it i think they do it as a food source and Yeah. yeah doves um, but deer go crazy on those for some reason. Yeah. I don't know if they're actually saying. eating the sunflowers or something, but they're in there all the time. Yeah. I talked to Scott Cronin about it and he said that they like, they'll like eat the whole pod off the top of the sunflower. So like I said, we don't have a lot of sunflower fields here. So, I don't but, know um, you might have some competition with acorns depending on how they're doing down there. Yeah. Have you thought about that? Know. Not really. I figure it'd be too early down there for that. I don't know. They're dropping here. Yeah. Well, we're pretty far south of you, though. Um, mm. that's that, according to people down there. They said they don't start following until a little later down there, but okay, you never know. Um, also, I guess that farm 
has a lot of like CRP fields and stuff, which that could be a competition. You know, that could be, there could be something in there they're eating. But I think we got to, so our plan is tomorrow night is to get up on the spot and do some glassing and just see what we see. And then we'll have kind of Saturday and Sunday to make, make moves. There's also some public spots around there. And, but we're going to start on this little, or this piece of uh, private we can, we can hunt. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and go from there. I'm going to bring my bow too, just in case. But um, right now my plan is to get one on the ground with a gun. I haven't shot a buck with a gun for a while. I'm kind of excited about it. What do you think about yeah. water? When's that hot, Dan? You think it'll be a factor or do you think they'll... It could. I mean, if you have prolonged water, I think, the, I mean, prolonged dry heat, they're probably yeah. going to be around water. I would think there's going to be nearby water somewhere. I don't think that's a bad more- option at all. As a matter of fact, if it's really, really hot during the days and you got a low wet area and it's thick, I would think the deer would go down there to cool down. I think they, I mean, uh, just looking around my house at the Carol's collection of cats, the fat ones are laying around like this. <laughs> you think you're going to die. Yeah. You know? And they keep going over to the water bowl and actually like, like a human's getting her fur wet and stuff where you don't usually see cats want to do that. And uh, mm. I would think the deer would be the same. I mean, that hot weather, they got to cool down, you know? Um, so I would want to yeah. be around water and I want to be around food. And uh, I think those, uh, those early and late hours are going to be the ticket. Should yeah. be interesting. I can't wait to see how you guys do. Oh, I can't. I'm ready to get down there. I, I'm like I said, I, I was a little, I'm a little bit bummed about the weather, but it is what it is. Can't, can't do anything about that. Um, I, he has, he's has some trail cameras out there and they, there's some pretty decent deer on camera. I mean, you know, nothing giant, but there's, there's a few pretty good ones on camera that I'd be super happy with. Um, how many people are hunting on the farm while you're there? We're the only people that are hunting it. Who's we? Me and Patrick, my buddy. That's it. Nobody's hunted it this year. He doesn't even think anybody's been on it other than him to put those trail cameras out couple months ago whenever it was mm. so and the farmer putting planting sunflowers or whatever they planted in there so well those deer at this time of the year i mean summer deer are a lot easier to kill mm-hmm. i mean they're not in that um especially with a rifle <laughs> right, right, it's insane right. that you can use a rifle to me but i whatever the south is different you know yeah they got different rules down there i mean i always said if they open wisconsin up september 1st man will we do a killing yeah i bet yeah, for sure. Oh, I can think of up about the time they open them up. Yeah, I could think of a deer, a couple deer right now. I could go kill if it was if season would open here. You know, and yeah, they're, they're a whole different deer. I mean, you can almost walk up to them now. I mean, they're a lot less. Uh, the, the the summer deer before their antlers harden and their testosterone starts. Yeah, they're a whole different animal. Well, it's just like a, um. Yeah, like like Kentucky. So many people kill big deer in Kentucky. Yeah, the first the opening weekend there. And a lot of it's because I mean, this is a controversial thing for sure, but like you can put out bait, you can put out salt licks and all that stuff and like do the like it or not the deer use those in the summertime. Like they come to those things, you know. Yeah. Especially um you know uh, the minerals and all that that kind of crap so like you can just hunt over that stuff down there so a lot of people kill that stuff that's why those outfitters do so well in kentucky mm-hmm. and 
they just spend however much money they have to to keep corn and minerals in the ground and and then set up some Joe Blow that gave him $5,000 to go shoot a 125-inch deer, you know? It's like, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, and plus, like you said, they're just a little easier to pattern this time of year. But it does suck hunting this time of year, though. I mean, especially down there, it's hot and buggy and everything else. I'm sure there's a lot of people waiting for October to saying, oh, boo-hoo, poor you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you you go down there, huh? Yeah. Um, I'd like to. I just, uh, yeah, I well, I, I, not not you in particular. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the people saying boohoo. I was like, yeah, I know, I, but I mean, even me, I've been thinking, geez, I mean, I'd like to be hunting now. I was looking at, uh, uh, South Dakota has a, a, a section there opens like, uh, opened earlier yet. It's already open. They're already killing deer there. And, yeah. uh, I would like to get out and do some of the early hunts, just hunt the whole season. That just, uh, the whole yeah. work thing gets in the way. South Dakota would be nice this time of year too, I'd imagine. Weather-wise, yeah. Joe Miles killed a nice eight-pointer in velvet a few days ago in South Carolina. Oh, nice! They open August fifteenth yeah. every year. Mm -hmm. So um, I said they've been open for a little bit yet already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, like nine days already. They've been open. Yeah. Uh, they're again, they're different down there though. It's like you can just. You can run dogs. You can use rifle. I don't mm -hmm. think there's. It's just like deer season. You know, it's just there's no, there's no uh, different seasons down there. I don't think it's just, um, whatever's open's open. Yeah, some of those places would have really giant deer being taken if they would change their setups for how they, they hunt. Tennessee yeah. might be one of them. Sounds like the way they're allowing you so many deer and using rifles and. Yep. Yep. Now this rifle thing, I think this is just a CWD zone thing oh um, i don't I think thought maybe it was just to, to allow people the opportunity to take a velvet deer i don't think so i think it's only in the cwd zone i can uh that i can use a you can use a rifle in um but i've been shooting my bow pretty good though so we'll see maybe if i shoot one with a rifle then i'll start bow hunting i don't know what is your what is your like your thought process, Dan, when it comes to that kind of stuff, like you just use whatever weapon is most efficient in season or do you ever uh, hunt with a, a bow during rifle season? I have, but usually if I bow hunt during rifle season, there's a reason for it. Like I'm hunting on bow only land yeah, or right. uh, something to that degree. I don't necessarily, uh, I haven't really targeted bucks with a bow during gun season. Um, to me, it just, I mean, what are you trying to prove, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, good point. It's, it's To me, it's just hunting. I'm just out having fun killing stuff and eating it. But uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'd want a longer gun season or something because I like my bow hunting. Yeah. But I, I like the gun hunting, too. Just long, yeah. a nice, short Same. season. I don't like yeah. the whole month-long season some of these places have. Or, yeah. You know. That's what uh, a buddy of mine... Uh, he made a comment to me. It kind of set me back a little bit. He was like, I told him, I'm like, I'm probably going to take a rifle down there. And he's like, oh, you're better than that. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, <laughs> she went with a rifle. I don't care. <laughs> but people make uh, weird comments like that sometimes. And, yeah. Um, Teach your own. I mean, if he wants to hunt him with a bow, have him. Yeah. With a bow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
I'm looking forward to um, Battle of the Bows. Uh, yeah, me too. So yeah. that, um, um, for those who don't know, we're doing a little bit of a challenge. Um, it's me and Eric, Ricky, and Jacob um, against uh, you, Gary, and your dad. Is there anybody else going with you? Okay, so we're going to have four bucks done. You're going to have none, and we're going to really rock. You right. would smoke us then. <laughs> Gary messaged me the other day and was like, is this going to be like a, a battle of the bows? And I said, I think so. He got pretty fired up about that. So Cool, cool. I really want, you know, I'd, I'd like to have taken somebody from the public or something along too. It's just, uh, man, uh, Nebraska does not have a lot of public land. and Man, we got to spread out real far, and we're going to be on top yeah. of each other. I don't we'll really, do, yeah. Do another one sometime. Yeah, probably late season, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, we're gonna go to totally different areas. I'm not yeah. too sure where your I, group is going. I'm just I, gonna I, I look on my phone so I don't end up where you're at. But I'm gonna send someplace totally different. We're over three hours apart. Yeah. So pretty far apart. Um, yeah. I'll it's, have to it's, look at where you're at though, because I mark stuff all over the state. <laughs> yeah you I and eric, i sent to eric too so yeah i told eric you tracks i don't end up over by wherever you're at <laughs> uh there's not a lot of public where i'm at either there's we gotta drive pretty far in between them i'm gung-ho to to get on some deer it's been a while i mean i'm just i'm really looking forward to this i got our tags are uh good for a mule deer or a whitetail i think where you're at there might just be whitetails yeah there's no mule deer where i'm at but um um the tag is good for either or yeah yep are you uh how many days are you going to be there dan um so we're going to get there uh thursday it opens friday yep and we're going to stay through the next saturday i think okay so you got over a week then yeah, and then drive home Sunday, and then I'll be too tired to go to work. <laughs> but you will anyway. And no, I won't. <laughs> oh, nice. No, well, th- yeah, but man, you guys get back then. Your deer season starts the next weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll be down there. I'll be. We'll be up there that weekend. I'm going to go stay at Gary's and hunt with him that weekend. So, yeah, I'm ready to start killing some stuff. I'm ready to start rocking. So we should have some videos coming out pretty quick here. Yep, I'm going to get mine up on the channel before I leave for Nebraska, for sure. So, uh, about the Tennessee hunt, whether I kill one or not, it'll go up. Right. So, with all the hunts you got going, we got to get them things up fast. So that otherwise get yeah. piled up and get behind me right. too. I mean, whatever we do in Nebraska, I got to start editing as soon as I get home. Yep. Yep. You guys got a pretty nice cabin. It sounds like in Nebraska to stay in, huh? Yeah. Real nice stuff's cheap there too. Yeah. Yeah. We got a house. It's not a, I wouldn't say it's real nice, but it's like a house, you know, a little house that has a couple bedrooms for us to stay in. So, um, but yeah, it was way cheaper than a hotel renting that house mm. um, for one hotel room. I mean, I think it was for the whole week. It was like one of like 800 bucks for the whole week. Actually, it's more than a week. So you couldn't get a hotel for that cheap, really. Mm. Well, you could, but you'd be staying at the, the red roof Inn with the pea stains on your bed. Yeah. Uh, Tony was asking us, is the Battle of the Bulls public land only? 
It no. probably will. It probably will be. But. Yeah, it probably will be, but it's not required. Nah. But uh, I don't have any private land there. I don't think yeah. you do either. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure we'll be on all public land, but uh, I don't designate it as it has to be. Yeah. But everybody's coming from out of state. Nobody has any connections there or anything. But if somebody wants to knock on a door or something, more power to them. Heck yeah. Yep. Um, Pretty much an equal playing field. Anybody that would go there to hunt would do the same thing. If somebody offered them a place to hunt or they knocked on a door and hunted there, I mean, we're not doing anything different than anybody else would. So it's kind of cool. Right. It's It's just a different world out there. I think it's such a... Uh, the culture out there is different when it comes to hunting. It seems like mm-hmm. uh, just not as many, not as many people are hardcore deer hunters. Uh, from what I saw, at least. Now, that I think yeah. I think that I think the problem you run into is non-residents out there. You know, probably a lot of people from everywhere else coming to hunt. Yeah, I I, uh, I think um, if I go into mule deer territory, I think that the where do animals mix? Where mule deer and whitetail mix? Mm-hmm. The people there look at whitetails like we look at carp. Right. They don't really appreciate them. And I think that uh, most people will doing, be doing spot and stalking for mule deer. And if I go down in the bottoms and hunt whitetails, I'll do pretty good. I would love to shoot a giant mule deer. Oh, but I'm not awesome. very good at long ranges and stuff like that. And, I, uh, you know, if I get an opportunity, I'll stalk one. I'll go after them. Or if one comes by and it's a nice buck, I'll probably shoot it. But but uh, I think I'm going to concentrate on the bottoms and stuff. And I think those areas do not have the pressure on the whitetails, like the area you're going to. Yeah. yeah. I think most people are pressuring the mule deer. I think you're right. That's that, that's my experience out there, too, is it seemed like there was a lot more people out west messing around with mule deer than there was. I had that in my head when I first went out there. I was like, oh, I want to go out and see if I can get a mule deer. And I got there, I'm like, oh, everybody else is trying to do the same thing. But yeah, and then if you drive around or something, you will see those mule deer. Yeah, you see giant mule deer, so it's, it's pretty tempting to go after them, but you're not going to see the whitetails because they're down in the thick bottoms. Yeah, they're hiding, you know. And I don't think there's a lot of places for them to hide. I mean, I think if you can find a good area where there's some good cover, they're going to be in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've been mapping kinda... some stuff out, finding some good areas and stuff, and. That's kind of what I did last year. I heard that they got like a grouse season that's going to be opening up and people are going to be walking everywhere. Yep. I saw, I saw rabbit hunters, grouse hunters, and some squirrel hunters. I never saw another deer hunter when I was hunting Nebraska. Still early for rabbit hunting. Well, it was an old man that was just running his beagle dogs. He wasn't actually hunting. He was just training dogs, but he was pretty funny. Uh, you could tell he was just a, he was a grumpy old man, but he's complaining about his, he sat there and complained about his wife to me for like an hour one, one day in the middle of the day. I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here. But he's like, I just keep these beagles so I can get away from my wife every day. I have an excuse. I'm like, all right. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. He did. He had a whole pack of them out there just running rabbits. He just, he was just sitting on his tailgate and his dogs were running around. Um, and I saw, tons of squirrel hunters though i think squirrel season probably came in like it does everywhere in the middle of august so mm-hmm. um, i had one of those guys walk right right underneath me i had to like i finally like said hey and he looked up real quick and waved and turned around went the other way but 
the deer, they were still in there. They, I still saw deer that night that he walked underneath me. Um, he almost followed me in there, I think, because I got like no more and got set up. He, here he come. Uh, you guys have that problem in Wisconsin too, don't you? A little bit. Really? I usually don't because I usually hunt down in the water and crap. Yeah. Um, I, you know, if you're where I'm at in Wisconsin, if you're running into small game hunters and stuff, you're not seeing giant bucks. You might yeah. see deer, but you're not seeing giant bucks. You got to yeah. get to where people don't go. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. See, this is the opposite. The squirrels that were, you know, they're down in these draws and where the oaks and stuff are, where the deer were in Nebraska. So um, I, can, I can remember uh, one time out here hunting an island where it was like, I don't know, it's two miles from the road and probably not quite a half mile, but quite a ways in from the swamp edge. Mm -hmm. And you had to go through water that was waist deep. And I mean, I had to get soaked to get to this island. And I'm sitting there hunting and I hear, hear something coming out of the swamp thinking it's a buck. And up out of the swamp comes this like mung guy in wager yeah. with a 22 <laughs> hunting squirrels. Like he's going to get these these uh, giant squirrels that grow old on the island or something. I was like, holy <laughs> crap. This guy's more hardcore than all the deer hunters around here. <laughs> right? A hunting beast squirrel hunter. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I try not to get frustrated with those guys because they're just doing what they're doing. No, they're just having fun. Too. They're doing their yeah. thing. And... Yeah, they got as much right to go squirrel hunting as we do deer hunting. Right. So, Yeah, it's um, frustrating, but it's probably frustrating for him, too. He wades all the way out to this thing, and here's this guy yeah. sitting in a tree looking for deer. Yeah, right, right. Um, oh, and, and those guys, I know a lot of really hardcore or small game hunters around here. And dude, they have the same attitudes we do. It's like, you freaking deer hunters everywhere. I can't go anywhere because the stupid deer hunters, they get all up mad. You know, they just throw a big fit about us, you know. You want to like, see hardcore hunters? Look at duck hunters. For a yeah. silly little bird. I mean, they almost kill themselves out in them swamps uh, and stuff. Yeah, and they get up there like 3 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> put all the decoys out, and Isn't they it? kill like two ducks, and they got to drag it all back you in. You don't know if it's going to be a bottom when they jump out of the boat. <laughs> I'm... I'm with you there. I don't, I don't, I have no desire to get into duck hunting. Those I've duck been hunters a, are hardcore. I've been a few times and I just don't, I don't find the joy. I mean, it's fun, but it's not like the, the work to the work, the work pleasure wasn't there for me. I'm just like, I don't, yeah. um, they all look the same. It's one of those things where they all just look the same too. They kind of took the fun out of duck hunting too with that stupid up here. They got a point system. I don't know what they got everywhere else, but. You got to know every single duck and male, female, yeah. and with the point system, and you can't go over a certain number of points. And worried about your. Own I life. haven't kept up with it in years, so maybe I got something off. But that's the way it always was. Mm. And, uh, and I'm not. Yeah. Not my uh, my old pastor, he used to do a lot of goose hunting around around my house here. That kind of looked fun because they just would go out in a cornfield and kind of set their blinds up, and it wasn't a lot of. Didn't seem like as much work. Didn't, you know, you weren't wading out in the water, didn't have a boat you got to take out and all that stuff. Um, but it was also always in the middle of whenever goose season is, it's always real cold. But, yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, you're right. There's some passionate duck hunters for sure. And we're Indiana's a horrible duck hunting state, it's not great. So you could like go and I mean, the. I, when I went, I can think of one time when it was good, you know, and I've probably been a handful of times and the rest of them were just like, 
you sit there and didn't see a duck in the air and then went home. So I, I don't know. Anyway, if you guys have any questions, let us know. We've already been talking for 40 minutes. We can do some questions tonight. Um, you want to do some call-ins tonight, Dan? We haven't done a call-in in a long time. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's do call-ins. Let's see who's I'm gonna out put, there. I want to put the uh, link to get on in the comments. It's at the bottom, very bottom. Just hop on there. Just know that you are on camera, and we'll be able to hear you when you hop on. So just don't say anything crazy. Let's see here. Jamie just come home. You getting an energy drink? Yeah. Somebody suggested this uh, last time we were on, so I. Uh, oh yeah, it. bucked up. Yeah, haven't I had it this. yet, so we're gonna see what it's like. Oh, oh. real time it's review. Right here. It's got like an angry looking deer on it. Let's see that? So. It's one of those deer that's not really a deer, almost like it looks like a bad drawing of a deer. Yeah, we remember we were talking about how, um, like monster and rockstar and all those people won't sponsor hunters because they. Uh, they don't want the negativity around hunting. Yeah. So somebody said, uh, bucked up, must like hunters. They got a buck on the can. So they do. Right. That's true. <laughs> uh, Great. It spilled all over my crotch. So, <laughs> well, we don't need to see that. Does, uh, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to work tomorrow. So you're, you're probably, you're good. Yeah. I worked, uh, Monday, I think, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That went in see. Tuesday and Wednesday, but... Right. I wouldn't right. actually call that work. I just ate donuts and drank coffee. Yep. Oh, that's funny. It is... Uh, <laughs> it's pretty comical how unproductive uh, like work is sometimes, you know? Not to be, I don't want to call you out. It's easier for me to say that because I work for myself now. But like, used to when you go into an office, like 90% of the time, people are just screwing around. Yeah. You know, everybody. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I joke around a lot. I work pretty hard. But... I know you do. I just, it's true though. Like, you go to any, any office setting and it's like, Man, these people don't do anything hardly. Yeah, the people around me don't do crap. I mean, when you <laughs> when you don't have bosses that force you to work, it's really yeah. People yeah. just do whatever they want. Uh, they go for lunch and they come back two hours later, and you're like, "Just really, we're trying to get a job done here." And if right. uh, you yell at them, you're the one that gets in trouble. Yep. Oh, I know. I know. Actually, you're allowed to yell at and make white Christians work. <laughs> Those people you're allowed to abuse. It's I didn't, anybody else. I didn't hear that one coming. I didn't think that. Hey, All right. Oh, I hear you. Hey, man. How you doing, Oleg? Hey, gentlemen. How you doing? So no beer this year, huh, Dan? What was that? You oh, you cannot hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. you're good now. All right. I said no, no beer this year. No beer tag, huh? No beard? Yeah. Bear. No bear. 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 The black no one. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go to Michigan, but I would have got a really late tag. And uh, I didn't want it to interfere with my deer hunting. So I got I you. 
I will pull one next year. I'm hunting a zone in Wisconsin that you get a tag almost every year. So next year I'll pull a tag for Wisconsin for sure. Squared away. Hey, um, so a uh, question. Uh, well, first of all, then I am going to Canada uh, for for bear this year. I'm gonna send you a link the way I did last year for awesome. uh, videos. I mean, you, you do what you gotta do with it. Um, yes, and uh, pardon me. Sure uh, I sent them a link of, for, from Appalachian Mountains from last year, but then they decided not to use it. <laughs> but anyway, hey guys, uh, so question then. Uh, one of the public properties here in northern Illinois that I'm going to be hunting, uh, I could not find any oaks, but it's farmland, flat, uh, beans, corn, and uh, a little bit of swamp. Uh, October 1st is September is a Illinois opener, hence... Uh, beans are more than likely they're going to be yellowish, especially considering current weather. Yep. Uh, the swamp is probably about a mm, let's call it a mile away from cornfields, and in between is the beans. What do you think I should look for deer in the tree lines by the corn, or is still in the swamp? Um, it's not. A, it's, it's not a small. It's not a big swamp either, by the way. Mm -hmm. If it's really thick and you got good pockets of thickness um, or good bedding cover near the corn, I would look at that. Um, but I would certainly look around the swampy area. No, I have a couple uh, of cameras there, but right now, there's nothing is showing up. Huge, I don't think the distance is a huge um, deterrent. They will travel the distance for safety, especially the older deer. You'll find a younger mm. box of bed right up next to the food sources, you know. But those older ones are just going to, um, they're going to take security over food. Yes, security um, would trump everything. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean they won't be by the corn, but just based on your description, I would probably look look at the um, swampy area yeah, first. Yeah, glass over beans to see if they're moving from there to corn. Gotcha. Uh, another question. I probably missed it and I haven't been on the beast for a while. So when is the, uh, the bow challenge or the, Competition of the bowls and uh, who are you guys inviting to? Um, we're doing one right away, and um, we basically we don't have too many people invited to it. But we're going to do one late. We're going to invite more people, like um, late season, like around January. How do I get on it? How do I get How on it? Get on? <laughs> um, we'll probably do something where we'll uh, we'll ask for people to apply, and then we'll look at. I think it's a great idea. Yep. Yeah, I like also come up with some point system uh, based on sex, uh, national origin, uh, <laughs> age. <laughs> I should qualify on, on a couple of things. Uh, there you go. Right. Hi, gentlemen. Nice talking to you. Oh, uh, Josh, uh, I think Jake asked a cool question about uh, harvesting uh, velvet buck in uh, such uh, heat. You might want to take a look at yeah, I'll uh, I'll find it. Thanks, Alec. Hi, right, gentlemen. Thanks. All He's a right. fun guy. He would be fun. Yeah. To have on yeah, he would be. He'd be a, a good character to have on for sure. He's a longtime listener. I remember him. I remember. Uh, I remember the first time he called in. I was afraid to pronounce his his name, Oleg, because I'm like, surely it's not Oleg. But <laughs> it was. Uh... You don't know for sure if it was. I just said that. It looks like no. It, it is. He told me it was. That's uh, okay. uh. Let's see here. 
Thanks for joining the membership. Kill them or wound them outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the handle. Uh, are we going to get a haircut and a shave on your out-of-town trip? Go to a barber shop and find some place to hunt, Dan. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm in need of a haircut, but I usually just use my hat to keep it tamed down. Right. I don't know. I shave might not. It just depends on how I feel. I don't like having a big white beard. Yeah. Because it's really starting to get white and it glows. But uh, I don't like being clean shaven either. Right. My wife prefers I'm clean shaven. She likes it smooth, baby smooth. Yeah. Does it get baby smooth anymore? No. (laughs) Pharrell asks, what do you think about using water displacement to measure racks? Um, it probably gives you an accurate measurement of, uh, how much bone you have. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who are pro water displacement. Um, I really don't care that much about scores personally. I just, it doesn't really, I think what we have is fine. Um, I think it has its flaws. I'd rather go by gross. If you just use gross score, I think the score that we, the scoring system we have works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really don't use it for anything much more than reference anyways, because really, uh, I mean, I would probably shoot a 120 inch six pointer over 140 inch 10. Yeah. You know, oh, I, yeah. I just love crazy big old animals. And, uh, it's not to say you don't want a big rack, but I mean, every old buck, he start getting five, six, seven years old. Every one of them has a rack that's worthy, no matter how it's formed. Right. Of my wall, you know, I love those old animals and I don't really care how their, you know, symmetry is or any of that crap. Right. Right. And, uh, that's one good thing about the water displacement is it doesn't, uh, doesn't discriminate green stuff. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. All right. Andrew, thanks for the donation, man. He says, you're fine yourself hunting public bordering private near their food plots on public. I find a lot here in Monroe, Wisconsin. Last year led me to some success. You ever? I don't. I don't know if I've ever actually like hunted over a food plot that was on private bordering public. I wouldn't say that I, I hunt over them, but I do. Um, when I um, go out of state, and I was just doing it now. I mean, as I'm looking at the properties in Nebraska, I'm looking at uh, remote areas like way in the backsides where nobody's going to get where you got to walk four miles or three miles across a river or something and they got crop fields or food plots that you see on aerials along the edges i look for bedding inside of there that might be heading towards that um you, you know i look for features i think might hold a deer i'm not going to hunt where the right, like right on their crops or right on the fence line or something but i do look for deer traveling in that direction and i do look for that feature do you you don't yeah no i do um i mean if you know of a a place that has i mean i can think of people that killed some really big deer on public land near a certain person's famous farm that is known for giant deer you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that happens a lot not a lot but i mean i don't know um yeah there's there's definitely truth in everything i mean um, let's see here. This is that question that 
Oleg was talking about. I think it was he said Jacob, but it's Jason. Um, mm. He says in this heat, what course of action would you recommend if someone does harvest a velvet deer to pre- pre- preserve velvet and keep from spoiling? Yeah, it's something I like have planned out. Like if so. That's one reason that I'm kind of going to hunt this private is because we can take a four-wheeler in there and grab a deer real quick, get him out of there. Because, I mean, if it's 100 degrees outside, I don't know how long. How long do you think a deer would last, Dan? On well, 100 degrees? I think if you get it field dressed immediately, maybe... A couple hours? A couple hours, yeah. Yeah. But you really need to take care of it quick. Yeah. We have a... I do think that, uh, though, that's the extreme. Yeah. Because most of the time you shoot them in the evening or the morning and it's not nowhere near that hot. No, no, no. Right, 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 right. I have, we have a guy that has a cooler lined up that said we can use the cooler. Um, and we have a taxidermist. The taxidermists around there are well aware of this season. I mean, they're all used to this season. So they're all working this weekend. So they're, they're ready to go to keep the velvet fresh. There's crap you can buy for velvet antlers. Um, to uh, to preserve them like if you shoot one in colorado in the mountains you know or something like that uh, like a mule deer they have like little injectable things you can you can uh, squeeze into their antlers to keep the velvet good until you get off the mountain so there's some stuff like that but um yeah you just got to work fast and try to make a good shot hey, best scenario you get it in a freezer right get that yeah. head in a freezer now yeah. uh what i did for uh nebraska is i uh I researched and found a meat processor that's near where I'm at. Yeah. That'll be open. And yeah. uh, anything I shoot, I'm going to run to him. But I got to yeah. get it out, too. And depending on what property I am, it can be a chore getting a deer out. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yep. At least you won't be by yourself like I was last year. Right. Jacob will just take his shirt off, throw it over his shoulders, <laughs> and throw five miles out for me. And I'll just walk behind him and film him. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm I'm going to be the Jacob of our group because uh, Gary, my dad, hey, knows. One, just call me. I'll send Jacob down. <laughs> there you go. That we work. What does have Jacob going back and forth? You guys get two. We'll put one over each shoulder. <laughs> oh man! I wouldn't put it past them. It's like uh, that Mike Mitten. If you think, have you you know Mike Mitten, Dan? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that picture of him carrying them two bucks over his shoulder? No. Shot? I'll find it for you guys. Uh, really good picture. Jacob has something to, to try to work towards, I think. I shouldn't show Jacob this. He'll throw his, he'll throw his uh, back out. Trying to... Jacob would be like, hold my beer. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... I don't know if I'll be able to find this picture. I got his book. I, I guarantee. I, I don't see him posting anything. He must not. I haven't, I haven't seen him on here. Um, I can't even find Mike Mitten now. But anyway, he's a cool guy. He he hung out with the Wenzels all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him a couple times. Let's see here. Let's do some. More scrolling. Okay. Goomer, he asked, would you target a remote clear-cut opening week or just look for acorns in the timber? Just looking to get any deer public with no ag. 
If you got acorns, I'd, tar I'd target them, but I'd target them not just in timber. I'd target them near something, like near a clear cut, near a river bottom, near a swamp, someplace where it would hold a deer. If I was in a um, large timber, I mean, if it's hilly, I would look at uh, leeward sides and stuff like that. But if, it, if it's um, like flatter ground or rolling hills, I'd look for uh, swamp usually. And I'd find acorn flats that are near those swamps, you know. Yep. I think if he's just trying to kill a deer, he's a uh, can't really go wrong with a bunch of acorns laying on the ground. If you right. can find something like that, if he's just wanting to kill a doe or something. Yeah, it um, seems like if you got them isolated, if you got one spot where there's an oak, oak flat, I mean, something's going to show up during daylight. Right. Right. Let's see here. Thanks for the for question. Me. Hard for me not to target the yeah. box it is uh, just yeah i can't even doe hunt it's just like once i feel my buck take i can't go out yeah it is a i like shooting does, but i mean it's just not the same right we've had this question before dan but i'm gonna ask it again here zach asked do you know any difference in buck bedding in areas with heavy wolf pressure um one thing i've noticed about wolf pressure and I don't know why this is, but when I get into big woods and it doesn't seem to matter what state it is, whether it's Minnesota or Wisconsin or Northern Michigan, um, when you put wolves in the mix, the deer seem to move a lot more during daylight. You see a lot more moving at like noonish and stuff than what I have back home where there really isn't as many wolves. And I don't know if that's more coincidence, but it seems to be a fact because everywhere I look where there's wolves, I think because the wolves hunt all night long, I think I think it uh, the deer move more during the day. Yeah, I've never hunted in wolf country. All right, let's see here. There's some pretty funny comments about they people were hoping this episode was going to be just you reading the book to us. Did <laughs> <laughs> uh. Did you ever think about doing an audio version of it? A lot of people are asking for it, but uh, I don't know. I mean, um, I heard a good audio version would be expensive for me to make, but then I was, you know, um, Jack from Gumleaf is writing a book, and he called me up to ask me what I was doing with mine, and we were talking, and he said that uh, that Google has something where they do it automatically, like it's an AI system that does yeah. it, so it wouldn't be that expensive. So I'm going to look into it. Yeah, I, I really, uh, I really think you should buy the regular book though, and have the pictures to look at and stuff with the stories and right. But uh, right. but we'll try and get something done because I know a lot of people just don't have the time to read a book, but they have time to yeah. listen to audio while they're driving and stuff. I'll yeah, try. And they they can just look at it on their or listen to it when they're driving to work and back and all that. But here's that picture of Mike carrying those two bucks over his shoulders. Nice. There you go, Jacob. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I think it was uh, these two bucks right here. Let's see here. A moose? He's got that moose over his shoulder? <laughs> no, believe. these two right here, these guys. Uh, yeah, that's you... that's something because, I mean, uh, it's one thing to, sh to, to, you know, like throw a little two-year-old over your shoulders. Those aren't two-year-olds. <laughs> no, they're not. They're mm -hmm. giant idiot bucks. Dude, he has I mean, that, awesome... uh, the last buck that I shot. Four grown men couldn't hold it up on a pole. Yeah, yeah. 
he's a big, big man. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's well over six foot tall and he's just really just wide guy, but his, he's, of course he's a traditional bow hunter, but he's also a, uh, soloist. He goes to Alaska every year, moose hunting by himself. Nice. And he has a couple really good books and like, I'm not a big reader, but, uh, he has some good books too to read about, uh, you know, chasing solitude. And there's some other ones that he, mm-hmm. he's, uh, written, but. Kurt's been so. after me to get, get with you and go with him, uh, moose hunting in his, at his place in Alaska. Yeah. That would be, uh, I was telling him he needs to get his guide license so that we can shoot bears. Yeah. Cause you can't shoot a grizzly bear there without a guide's license. Right. Or without a guy. Gosh, that'd be a trip. That'd be but a trip like, right Come there. On, you stay at my place. I'll take you out there. Right. Uh, Goomer, he had another question. That's a pretty good one. He says, do thermal still affect hills when it's closed canopy since sunlight doesn't really hit the ground? I, uh, it, it definitely still does to, in my book. And it, uh, it may be like, it maybe it takes it longer for them to, for the thermals to wor- work, but, I think they're still gonna um, have some kind of effect. I noticed thermals in, in early season, so yeah, yeah. Here's a question. Yeah, uh, Zach asks Dan, "How do you climb the tree with the stick and stand? Do you put the stand on your back and hook the steps on your waist, or do you go down?" and and back up individually what i do um is i come to the back side of the tree so i'm facing the bedded deer because i'm usually pretty close to where the bedding area is and i use the, the tree for cover and i put the first stick at uh, uh on facing me so i get the tree in front of me right between me and the deer and i can look around the tree and i put the bottom step at the center of my kneecap because that's your stride without overdoing it. And uh, I, I put the stick on, pull it down, and then I put the next stick on with the, with the same spacing from ground level. Then I take one stick and I slide up the tree. I go one stick off the ground, so I'm barely off the ground. I put the third stick on. Then I come down and get my fourth stick and I get the stand. And I go up and I put the four stick on and I have the stand on my back and I slide it off my back. I have one one of my straps on my back. So it's on loosely. And I slide it off, put it around to the front of this tree, put it on, lock it on from the back. And then I slide around the tree into the stand. Um, people always talk about going up and down the tree. But if you listen to me close, the first two sticks are put on at ground level. And the third stick is is put on one, you know, just a step up. And the fourth stick, you go up with the stand. So really, mm-hmm. you know, five sticks, you might have one trip up and down. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, you're really not going up and down the tree that much. And uh, I try to do that really slow, methodical. And um, in a lot of cases, I'm watching around that tree because I'm in a more open area to see just how high I can get. And I'm paying attention so that I don't get to a spot and I look behind me and a deer can see me in the tree, right? So I'm looking forward towards him around the tree. There you go. Yeah, people really get caught up on uh, 
how to climb a, a tree and it's like it's you got to be whatever your whatever works for you right like whatever's mm-hmm. kind of you're comfortable with and what um, i don't like is all those uh like uh like a one stick system you're moving too much yeah. i don't like uh um the aiders if you're putting them all the way up like you're you're putting up in the air because yep. they're moving too much they, they force you to move in a, in a um different manner um if i were going to use an aider i'd use it on the bottom stick and that's about it mm-hmm. yep um derek had a question about red oaks he's asking if um deer will hit red oaks right away in september yeah yeah they whatever acorns are available um, they'll even eat them when white white oaks are around, but they're going to head towards the white oaks and eat the white oaks first usually. Yeah, I think uh, like the scientific answer, which is kind of dumb for me to say because it's the last thing I am, but they uh, they typically like red oaks later in the year if if they're around still too because I guess it's um, not as acidic and whatnot. But they definitely will hit them if if they if they got to eat something, you know. Well. Where I come from, man, they're going to eat acorns before everything else, but they're going to prefer the white ones. They love acorns, period, of any kind, but they prefer the white ones. Yeah. I'm sure you're right with the acidic thing, and that's probably why they prefer the white ones, but they love acorns, both red and white. Yep. Aaron has a question that we've never been asked, Dan. He says... You know, he's you've hunted with friends with disabilities. He said, I have a son who can't access the ground I hunt because of a disability. Um, he said, any suggestions on helping him uh, set up on public land? Is a son who can't hunt how? Can't, can't access the ground I hunt because of a dis because he's disabled. Any okay. suggestion for helping him set up on public land? Um, yeah, I don't know what his disability is, but I've helped a lot of people where um, they have a really hard time walking or traveling through any kind of cover. And what I've done is I've found them spots real close to the road that are good. And there's plenty of them around. And, uh, you know, and in some cases I've sat with them, you know. Um, but I get them out there and make sure I get them back out of the woods. and They don't have to get out a mile. There's yeah. plenty of really good spots close to the close to the road, and um, if you're hunting with him, and if you're like me, probably I don't know, thirty or forty percent of my spots are right next to the road, and the rest are real remote. And uh, I would give up if it was my son. I'd give up my spots near the road so that he had good spots to hunt, and I could still hunt the deep stuff when I was on my own. There you go. Um. Speaking of sons, not that your son's disabled, but how's uh, how Jamie's bow turn out? Is it still shooting horrible? It's still shooting funny. I don't know what's going on. I mean, and we had um, we had Steve uh, um, help him with tuning and paper tuning and stuff, and uh, he got back and it started shooting funny again. We took it back and it's still shooting a little bit funny, but it was breaking paper really good at the shop, and then. Hmm. It just gets every now and then you get a weird, weird flight out of it, but uh, he's still hitting the target exactly where he needs to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, uh, I told him we would uh, take his old forge bow and we'd, you know, have uh, 
Steve actually offered to, uh, he still has parts around and stuff to rebuild it for him. To, so it fits him because his old forge bow is a kid's bow. Yeah. And uh, I offered to let him shoot uh, my old bow, my old forge bow. And uh, he doesn't want to do that. He really wants to shoot one with Dave's bow. Yeah. But I think maybe there's something wrong with the bow. Like maybe one of the limbs is out or something or cracked or I have no idea. Mm. But it's still shooting. I mean, he's still got, you know, an apple size pattern at 20 yards. Yeah. And he's still getting good penetration, but you just, if you're the one shooting the bow, you can look down and see the arrow flutter a little bit, like on one yeah. out of three shots. And I, we just can't put our finger on it. And um, Pagel couldn't figure it out. And I took it to a pro shop and they couldn't figure it out. And Pagel is an expert. I mean, he designed and built bows for a living. Right. When he built forged bows, he was the president of the company. Right. So, hmm. so uh, I don't know what it is, but. Uh, get one season and let him get his deer down with Dave's bowl. Cause I think that'd be special. Yeah. Um, I got him a, a B stand. Um, I'm going to give him a camera and uh, a camera arm. And uh, he doesn't want me holding his hand. He wants to go out and do it himself. And he just wants to um, get back into it and start killing deer again. And heck yeah. The one thing about him though is, um, um, He'd probably get mad if I'm saying this, but I'm going to anyways. He's uh, a little apprehensive because he feels like uh, that if he films hunting deer and he doesn't shoot one as big as I shoot, that, uh, you know, he, he feels like there's this reputation on him or something. And I'm like, nobody cares what you shoot, man. Just sh shoot something. Yeah. And, he wants, and he's half starved to death, too. He's not making much money and mm -hmm. wants to meet. I'm like, just shoot a deer. Just get back. Because yeah. he hasn't hunted in, in, in a, quite a few years now. Um, and, uh, he was really good when we was younger. Mm -hmm. He only shot three deer, but they were all bucks. And the smallest one was like 120 inches. Yeah. And so he's all gung ho. And, uh, you know, I just hope he doesn't have too much on his shoulders, like too much weight. Cause that'll, that'll make you fail right away. Right. I, I did, I'm trying to tell him to just enjoy the hunt, you know? Yeah. I tried to get him to uh, take off of work and go out to uh, Nebraska with us, but uh, couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be an exciting year, but it's probably fun for you to have him hunting again. Yeah, it is. You know. Let's see here. Mike asks, when you jump a mature buck, how long till it disregards you? Trackers say within 30 minutes. I would say anywhere from one minute to eight years. <laughs> That's probably a good answer. You probably got it covered. Yeah. Yeah. I, you have no idea. I mean, it, they're probably like people, you know, it's where it's, you know, some of them might run a little ways and forget about you. And some of them might uh, go a long ways and watch back. And a lot of it probably has to do with their experiences, you know, yeah. what happened to them on their journey to the age that they're at. I think right. there are deer that are very paranoid and there are deer that are pretty easy going. And a lot of it has to do with the type of bump you do. I mean, is it a hard bump? I mean, did you go in uh, where that deer got your wind, jumped up, looked at you in the eyes from 10 yards and barreled out of there, um, running for his life, rocking over the top of trees? Or did he hear something that just didn't sound right and he took a couple of bounds and he looked around and thought, I don't know, it's a little suspicious. Maybe I'll just take a little walk. 
Yeah. You know, different ways you bump them. So um, I think you do a hard bump, you're going to have a hard time killing that deer because he's going to walk around with a paranoia. Right. But, uh, yep. I thought he's question after. Smelled you. Um, a lot of people are saying, asking Dan, this is our last question here, if you uh, mark the arrow so you know it's not the same arrow flying weird. I, I mentioned that we to did. Dan. Yeah, I, said, I mentioned that to Dan when he was having um, the problems. I numbered them. Numbered them with a marker. Sometimes, uh, we actually thought maybe the feathers were hitting something too because it mm -hmm. was close. So then we uh put a whisker biscuit on her, even though that was like against his religion. He was pretty upset about me doing that, he wanted to drop away. But we put a whisker biscuit on it and tuned it with the whisker biscuit, and it still has a problem. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the end of the questions, Dan. Congrats on the book, man. I was pretty pumped for you. I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect it to be that high either. Like on the hunt, on the on the list, you know, you don't ever know how those things are going to go. It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's crazy, the amount of people we reach, you know. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, it is. Uh, my uh, um, I left my copy sitting on my uh, bench at work, and uh, my brother came to the shop who's not a hunter, he didn't know anything that was going on with anything. And he just saw the book laying there and oh, he wrote a book. So I get a message in the middle of the night because he works night shifts. And he's like, dude, I just read the, the, the article on a page 128. And he goes, and you brought me to tears right here in the shop and everybody's staring at me. He goes, I can't believe it. <laughs> and, uh, that's funny. This was an article about, about our mom. You know, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, it's, um, um, it's, it's not really, um, I mean, a lot, you can gain, it depends on how open-minded you are, but you can gain a lot of hunting insight in it. Yeah. But you, you really get a lot of insight about life. It's more about the, the journey from, you know, a young man who hunted through life, you know? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm excited to read it. And it's in the description, everybody. If you guys want to buy it, there's a link below to, to buy it. Um, I said that earlier in the show, but uh, I know a lot of you weren't on then, so. Hop down to the description, hit the link, and you can get it there. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you sometime next week, probably. I may get on this weekend. We may, me and uh, a couple of the guys from Tennessee may get on, talk about our hunt and just whatever, just BS. Maybe talk about CWD yeah, you, down there. You can get on. You can get on when we're down in uh, Nebraska, and you can tell everybody how my team is beating your team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll have internet there or not. I haven't looked into that. Uh, I shouldn't talk too cocky after your year, your year last year. Uh, you know how it is. I may not see a buck this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye.